0: The Boiler Upload Podcasts are brought to you by Martin Vintage. Do you love Purdue Vintage logos? Do you like supporting small businesses? Are soft and comfortable t-shirts and sweatshirts something that you adore this holiday season? Especially when they don't break the bank. Look no further than Martin Vintage. This Purdue alumni-owned small business is the place for you. Make sure to head over to martinvintage.com today to see what they have to offer. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Upload Podcast. I believe this is Episode 7 since we took over at Rivals.com. And we've had a lot of business to discuss here of late. And tonight we will be talking about the new hire, Football Head Coach Ryan Walters. And with me tonight to discuss that is staff writer Jace Jellison. Jace, how you doing? I'm
1: doing well, gentlemen. How are we?
0: I am good, I'm good, and also with me tonight is other staff writer Kyle Holderfield. How you doing, Kyle?
1: Well, oh, just
2: fantastic, glad the coaching search is over.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm glad it's over, I'm glad that we have a coach, but I have to admit, it does wonders for the traffic, so if it got some people on board, welcome aboard, we're happy to have you. True. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think we can kind of look at this kind of two-pronged uh, Jace did a great job talking about the, uh, current recruits and talking to them and talking to the current players and everything. And Kyle broke down, uh, did a lot of breaking of the rumors, finding out who was talking to who and, uh, who was going to get the job. So let's start with Kyle. Um, who are we getting in Ryan Walters for those that may not know a lot about him?
2: Uh, you know, just a, he's a a young, fiery, energetic guy. He's an up and comer. Uh, He's only 36 years old. Um. He's been a variety of places and <clears throat> something that I think is important to know, excuse me there, is that, you know, he's, he was born in Los Angeles, California. He played, played football at Colorado. He's coached in at Missouri. He's coached in Illinois and he almost has this manifest destiny of, of college football, I guess, being almost going coast to coast here. Um, landing in West Lafayette, uh, so I think his net is pretty wide on who he knows in the game, in terms of where he's played and where he's coached at. And um, just by looking at the players' tweets, like Jace has been following, it looks like they're pretty pretty excited about it. Um, you know, and it's kind of a uh, maybe a polar opposite from what we did have. You know, uh, to from Jeff Brom to to Ryan Walters here, and I know a lot of people are a little worried that he's kind of green. Um, everybody's green at some point in this industry, and um, if he's if he's noted as an up and comer, someone has to take a chance. So why not us?
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned that he is kind of the polar opposite of Jeff Brom, and that he's defensive minded. Yeah, I was actually looking on his Wikipedia page, and it says here that when his dad was the quarterback at the University of Colorado, um, his babysitter was current kansas city chiefs offensive coordinator eric b which i believe i'm required by law to describe as eric sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> and uh and i i think eric knows a little bit, bit about offense that he could talk to him uh, in terms of getting an offensive coordinator and kind of covering that side of the ball i mean he's only got that eric uh patrick mahomes guy doesn't he
2: yeah you know i uh, like like you said he 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 knows people within the industry and obviously i think I think between Eric Bieniemy and then uh, probably his dad, who was a pretty good quarterback at Colorado, he could probably lean on him a little bit. Um, and, and I'm not super worried um, about the the coaching search. I'm sure with being young um, and things like that, a little people are worried about like getting experienced coaches in the in the door. Maybe they think everybody's going to be 36 and under. Um, I, I doubt that will be the case. I'm sure Mike Babinski will help aid him um, as well as you know some Purdue football alumni. Um, in the industry, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, Drew Brees, who apparently on campus right now, are going to be to help us in the bowl game here. Um, helps get his his feet in the door a little bit with some assistant coaches um, around around college football.
0: Yep, and that I think that's going to be key is getting those assi- those assistants in there, able to do the job. And do you think he's going to be? A lot more hands-off than Jeff Brown was because I know the big thing was Jeff was always calling the plays he was heavily involved in the offense Um, how do you think his style is going to be but can you really say much when he's never been a head coach
2: right I don't know if you can really say much but just from being you know I'm I'm a high school coach I I can't say like I know everything but it seems like um, defensive coaches tend to delegate a little bit more than offensive coaches Um, I feel like uh, offensive head coaches always like to to call the plays and, you know, manage the game and things like that, like a normal head coach. Uh, whereas I, I, it just appears from the naked eye a little bit that defensive coaches will delegate. Uh, obviously calling an offensive game is, is, is a pretty big task as well as a defensive game. Um, but I feel like there's a little bit less pressure <laughs> in terms of being a defensive head coach, if you're going to call it. Um, but you know, it's hard to say, obviously he'll have somebody calling the offense. Um, and it won't be him, which will be which will be much different from what we've had since before Joe Tiller. I can't even remember the last defensive head coach we had off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit, we'll go over to you, Jace. Uh, you've been talking to a lot of the current players, a lot of the incoming recruits. How are they accepting the hire and what do you see from them?
1: Yeah, all the guys that I've talked to absolutely love Love the hire and are super excited to get started. Um, I talked to a lot of the younger guys, which I th- I thought was kind of important because those are the guys that are going to be the future of Purdue football. It's not going to be the seniors. Yes, the seniors, their opinions matter now, but they're not going to be here next year or the following year. Guys like Brady Allen, who was uh, vocal on social media, Devin Mockabee obviously getting the scholarship. It feels like these younger guys kind of gravitate towards Walters. And um I think that's a great sign for Purdue.
0: I noticed one of them that uh, there was a tweet from today was Brady Allen. And that's pretty critical when he might be the starting quarterback here in nine months when the season starts, but to get him on board and to obviously get Maccabee on board with the scholarship, that seems like it's huge. Just, I mean, really from day one from meeting one, because he's only been the coach for a few hours. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He's, he's truly made an impression on those guys. It seems like obviously we're not in the building. We don't, uh, we're not in that. We weren't in that meeting room uh, when he, when he addressed the team for the first time, but it really feels like these guys are going to rally around him. And, and he's just a great leader of men, um, young men, I should say. Uh, I think it also kind of speaks to the type of leader he is that all his former players, especially at Illinois were, were giving him props and congratulations Usually, if if a coach leaves and goes to a, I mean a rival, where Purdue's uh, um has a rivalry game with Illinois, some players might be upset with that and they might they might be turned off by that. But all the tweets that I saw from Illinois guys were were sending nothing but love to him. So I think that really speaks to who he is as a leader. And I'm um, kind of going off what Kyle said. He's not going to be as hands on. Um, I think his strength is going to be leadership, recruiting, things like that.
0: And that can be a good thing in the long run. Um, what what are you hearing from like some of the recruits that, at least so far, are staying on board? I know we've had a couple that have publicly tweeted that yes, they're staying on board and whatnot. But kind of what have you heard when you've spoken to the recruits?
1: Yeah, so I, I talked to a few of them, um, Owen Davis and Ryan Brown the two big ones. Um, I mean, they just said they can't wait to meet him and, and get in the building. Um, I think that they're kind of. They didn't come out and say this, but I get the sense that they're kind of over that whole period of a week where they didn't know what the hell was going on. Jeff Brom's leaving. All the assistant <laughs> coaches are leaving. They're just like, yeah, let, this guy's all in on us. We're going to be all in on him. And that's, that's kind of the sense that I've got from those guys.
0: Oh, that, that's wonderful to hear because you they're going to be the core, the guys that stay uh, both on the current roster and both in the recruiting class. That's going to be the core that makes this move go forward and how they adjust, um, you know, and especially with so many unknowns because we don't have any coordinators. We don't know what assistance he's going to have yet. And so... You're still kind of in limbo, even though the main part of the coaching search is done. The rest of it is really just beginning for coordinators. Um, so how do you kind of see that playing out, Kyle? Um, what are you seeing? You know, who do you think he's going to go after coordinator wise? And, you know, what style is he going to play defensively, really?
2: I, to be honest with you, I have no idea who he's going to go after coordinator wise. and it's And it's hard because he's again, he's a 36 year old head football coach and Obviously, he's been a coordinator or a co-defense coordinator since he's 29 years old. So he has ties in the game. But trying to track who he's been with over time, like assistant coaches just turn over so much in college football, and it's just hard to trace it. So I I don't even even want to try to begin to guess. I don't think with – because I was trying to play the tracking game today, and I was like, yeah, I kind of give up on this. Um, So I don't know. Defensively, though, he at Illinois – Lovey Smith in four or five seasons, I wrote about this earlier, gave up over 30 points per game. Um, Coach Walters has been the coordinator there for two years with Bielema. Um, and I think last year they allowed like 24 points per game. This year he cut it all the way down to 12.2, which was first in the nation um, and first in the nation in turnovers. Uh, and I think he was top five and only in yards given up per game or something like that. Um, so, and, and after watching just a little bit of film, it is a it is a multiple defense. And he said on the Daily Illini last year, two years ago, uh, he's going to change his scheme to what his personnel is. He's not locked in on anything. At um, Missouri, he was more of a 4-3 defensive team, uh, zone kind of scheme. And at Illinois, he's been a 3-4, um, a lot of man coverage, lots of blitzes, lots of games. Um, and even Jace brought it up today, there's instances where he's in a a a 51 a five-one, um with five defensive backs just athletes out there covering people man to man and you can tell that the the corners were probably coached by him at Illinois because their um I mean their footwork was just phenomenal on film backpedaling breaking on the ball the defense the secondary was really really impressive on film um and they are aggressive they play fast they know what they're supposed to do um and and their blitzes are pretty creative. Something we we hadn't seen, I don't think, in the Braum era. And I wrote about it. You know, um, we during that Braum era, we've had a great offense. We've excelled on offense, but we had four defensive coordinators in six years, and, um, and that that's hard. You know, uh, continuity is important, especially on the defensive side of the ball. When you're changing scheme year to year, it's not until about mid to late season when you kind of finally hit your stride. I think it'll be. Different, obviously, but it'll be nice to have a consistent side of the, the defense, being the consistent side of the ball for the first time in a in a long, long time.
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned his wow. background there and uh, defensively what he's done. I don't know if a lot of Purdue fans realize that they've already seen they've already faced off against him four times defensively, and they're three and one that way. Uh, he was at Missouri in 2017 on staff there when Purdue won at Missouri 35 to uh, three. He was the full-time defensive coordinator the next year when Missouri came to West Lafayette and won in a 40, 37 shootout. And David Blau put up one of the best passing days of, uh, of his entire career and of Purdue's entire career. And then the last two years we've seen kind of opposing results with Illinois as uh, they really handcuffed Purdue and, got them into a 13-9 rock fight last year in West Lafayette. And then this year, the most points that Illinois gave up all season was against Purdue. So yeah. it seems like uh, hopefully those are some learning experiences from him from facing a an offense that, you know, really is one that likes to get up and down the field and put the ball in the air. But we don't know what kind of offense we're going to have now, but he is going to see that here in the Big Ten, too.
2: Yeah, you know, Jeff Brom is uh, he's one of the best offensive coaches in college football. I mean, he's highly regarded. and um, and in, in that in that terms and he's he's creative and he puts the defenses in the in binds um, especially when he gets the run game going. I thought this year once he got Maccabee going this year, it really opened up things for Aiden O'Connell cuz early in the season when the run game wasn't <clears throat> humming, it, it was it was a struggle sometimes, but um, I think uh, coach Walters, I, like you said last year 13-9 rock fight um, this year wasn't pretty at the start of the game, and Purdue kind of hit their stride a little bit um, later. Uh, and then those Missouri teams—that uh, I don't think Missouri's ever been known to play defense. I'm not even sure they recruit that side of the ball. Um, <laughs> lots of quarterbacks that throw for lots of yards at Missouri. Uh, but he—he he also Missouri was the uh, one of the few holdovers when they transitioned staffs. He—he um, he didn't get fired by; he, they actually held him over as the defensive coordinator. Um, before he left to go to um, Illinois, which is, I think, you know, speaks volumes to maybe what he is, how valuable he is in recruiting, um, and how knowledgeable he is, and on the defensive side of the ball. You know, offensively, I, I, I don't think you can bring over to West Lafayette what they do in Illinois what they've been doing in Illinois, like the Bealumba ball. You know, that that's that comes from when he was at Wisconsin. Um, you're just not going to get those. Type of offensive lineman here, or big burly running backs, or anything like that, or big tight ends that love to block. Um, you know, if Drew Brees and Bo- Bobinski and anybody who's in his ear a little bit, I would assume that they'll they'll approach offensive coordinators who are, you know, spread type offenses, RPOs. You know, that's the new, that's the fancy tag everybody likes to say, um, or just some like spread option, maybe what Coastal Carolina is doing a little bit of, you know. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it has to be creative and it has to put teams in binds because you're never going to have the best talent at Purdue, but you have to be creative to win at Purdue.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about that is if he does get the defense performing at a level like Illinois, where you said he was, what, doing 12, 13 points a game, number one in the nation?
2: Yeah.
0: That makes things a lot easier on the offense when you <laughs> only need to score 14.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I absolutely- mean and, and I think I think people get this uh, thought in their mind where if you have a good defense for some reason you have to have this ball control offense like like that is that is not a that is not a thing like uh, Michigan has a great great defense and their offense is pretty mm-hmm. damn good too and so is Georgia's and I'm not comparing us to those teams but this thought process that you can't have a explosive offense with a aggressive, uh, like low scoring defense is just not true. Um, you know, I think I think you can have both of those things. And again, I think you have to be creative at Purdue on offense. You're not going to roll the ball out and line up an I formation and pound the ball 45 times a game and win many football games. So uh, I think getting somebody who is you know notable. Uh, I wouldn't be against having a younger offense coordinator come in and and help help with that or, or anything like that. Um, but I think you have to be. Uh, creative and, and I think he'll find somebody. I have no idea who that's going to be, but I think he'll find
0: somebody. <laughs> uh, So speaking of finding somebody, Jace, have you seen anything about recruits from Illinois coming over or anybody in the transfer portal from Illinois that would be willing to follow him a uh, few miles East?
1: So as of a, a couple hours ago, only three Illinois guys were in the portal. Um, I think that'll change probably in the next few days just with the coaching change and, and everything like that, then things kind of opening up and, and more guys jumping in. Um, and then I talked to some of the Illinois rivals guys and uh, they kind of have the same feeling as, as I did talking to uh, producer recruits, where the majority of them are likely going to stay. Um, obviously those are two completely different circumstances with Jeff Brom and base. I mean, it looks like the entire stats gone. So mm-hmm. all of the guys that uh, these recruits committed to, they're not here anymore. Uh, it's, a, it's a much different situation over there at Illinois. So I don't anticipate too many guys leaving. Maybe, maybe Purdue can steal one or two. Um, they'd likely be defensive backs. Uh, but you look around at Purdue's defense, especially in the defensive backfield, which is supposed to be Walter's strong suit. I mean, you people are going to have an opportunity to play. They're going to dive oh, deep. Deep, deep into the portal. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought four guys in from the portal, um, at cornerback and safety.
0: Yeah, because Kane's the only one that I know of that's uh, a returning starter that played significantly. I think everybody else is uh, is
1: done. Kane, Kane's going to be the guy in the defensive backfield. I think Ryan Brandt and Antonio Stevens, are the ones stepping up. Camden Childers. That's really it, and then a bunch of freshmen. A bunch of freshmen after that, so uh, needless to say, Purdue's going to have to dip into the portal.
2: Ryan Brandt is a linebacker playing safety. <laughs> so, it's Sanu- well, we, we've Cain. seen those days. It's Sanusi <laughs> Kane and to be determined. Now, Antonio Stevens was really promising his freshman year before he had that really bad knee injury. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if he's getting back to you know his his freshman year form yet. It's going yeah. on two and a half years removed from that, and um,
0: yeah, and, so, and you just never know with some of those real serious knee injuries, too. Because uh, from my understanding, that was a real bad one, and like you said, it's been two two and a half years since then. So, uh, you know, we want him to be healthy and everything, but if he, I mean, if you just if you physically can't do it, there's not a lot you could do.
2: Yeah, I mean, aside from Corey Trice, the entire secondary and Sanusi was like transfer portal guys, Bryce Hampton. Um, the kid that um, left the team in the middle of the year, after blanking his name. Uh, Jefferson,
0: Chris Jefferson. Yeah,
2: um, Reese Taylor, Jamari Brown. We do have T. Denson on roster still. Uh, the Kansas State transfer. He's like six three. He's a corner. Um, he he's probably gonna have to come in and play right away. Um, right away. He's been here a year already. But um, <laughs> everybody in the secondary, aside from Kane and Trice, were, we're portal guys. So you got to hit that hard. And I think. uh Coach Walter's name will carry some weight in the secondary, which is good.
0: That's what we need. That's what we need. So I guess final question here for each of us, um, for where do you rate this higher? There's been a lot of pessimism on the boards, um, a lot of pessimism from the fan base, but I'm willing to withhold judgment now. Uh, I can't get too high because I got really high with the Daryl Hazel hire, and I can't get too low because the Daryl Hazel hire had me at the point when Brom came. I was like, "Can anybody save this mess that's happened right now?" So, uh, I I got to reserve my own judgment there. I'm I'm gonna give it a C right now, just flat in the middle. But you're the teacher. Where are you at, Kyle? <laughs>
2: And it's final uh, final exam season too, bud. So, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned you guys uh, Saturday night um, with getting this information from some of the Indiana high school football coaches about Coach, uh, coach Walter's interviewing on Sunday. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know about this cat. I don't know a whole lot about him. But after looking it up, you know, he was um, some media outlets defensive coordinator of the year. He was a Broyles Award finalist. So he was one of the, excuse me, top assistant coaches of the college football season as a whole. Um, he's young, he's upcoming. I, I think he is, (laughs) I think Mike Bobinski did a fantastic job of gauging what the roster wanted. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think there was some, some culture issues popping up with the last regime late and then the middle of the season. Um, I know I've heard about some issues after the Iowa game. Um, and I think Mike Lubinsky gauged the roster really well, and he hired somebody that's going to be a little bit different. He's going to be a players' coach. He's going to be relatable. He's young. He's outgoing, um, and I think he'll bring in a, a staff that's similar. Uh, and I'm with you, T. Mill. I'm uh, the, the Hazel hire ruined me a little bit. Um, I, I I was pretty checked out in the 2016 coaching search because I was like, yeah, whatever, we'll see what happens. And then Bron <laughs> sees expectations. I'm going to go. I'm going to go B just because he is so up and coming and he's well known in the coaching world. And it seems like every coach has just positive things to say about him. And if, if other coaches have positive things to say about him, then there's no reason for any normal Purdue fan, any of us to think anything poorly of him, in my opinion, we're not on the inside. Uh, People that are saying negative things about him right now are just mad because we didn't get, nick saban or something you know what i mean like <laughs> so. and i don't think that I, I i'm like okay who who out there were we gonna get
0: right. that was a huge name uh short of you know dumping backing a dump truck full of money up to like chris Cle- cleman's front door right and even then is that gonna work i mean right.
2: absolutely and, and you know And we talked, you and I talked about this the other night. You know, Purdue's a lot sexier to us three than it is to a lot of other people on the outside. And sometimes you got to take the swing on the young and up and coming higher. Uh, Bobinski has done that now. Braum was up and coming when he came from Western Kentucky. Katie Gerald is up and coming. She's doing a fantastic job. Um, And obviously, he was. Matt Painter was already put in place. And so was Dave Shondell. So Bobinski's lucked out with those two being already put in place. Um, but Hey, he's, he's taking another swing on a guy that is up and coming in the coaching world. And I can't knock him for it, man. I I'm with him. Like after I started thinking about, it, I was like, you know, I'm cool with a 36 year old energetic guy rather than some 60 year old crusty old man. Um, not knowing what's going on and nothing against 60 year olds for anybody who listens at 60 and above. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> If you know what a podcast is, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, all right, Jase. What's your grade here? I'm. I'll go on in between you two. Uh, I'll go B minus. Uh, I don't. It's not the sexy hire that the fans and and the media might want, but I think it says a lot to how people talk about him. as former players, uh, coaches. I know Barry Odom had some very nice things to say to him uh, today. I just, I just, I think his personality fits what Purdue is, in terms of being hard nosed. Purdue, if you think about their culture, maybe, maybe this is more for basketball, but if you think about their culture, it's more like those hard nosed defensive type guys. But then the head coaches have all been offensive guys, um, so that's, that's kind of a, a weird, a weird thing that I didn't really think of until, um, until recently. But um, I, th- I think he'll do really well. Um, I think it might take some time because obviously Purdue's losing a lot this year or this off season, I should say. So people need to be patient with them. But I think at the end of the day, this is going to, people are going to look back and be like, Bobinski did a damn good job.
0: I'm hoping you're right here. And my prevailing thought this entire time has been Braum has elevated the program significantly from where it was when he found it. And, You know, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of salty about him leaving in the middle of it. And there's always that bit of, you know, it's been a long time since a coach has voluntarily left Purdue and has not, you know, either retired or been quietly pushed into retirement or just straight up fired. So to lose somebody to another school, we're not used to this. And there's a little bit of really, you're leaving us after, after everything we've done for you, you're leaving us but at the same time, I respect what he's done because the program was just in the toilet when he came. And now he had a winning record over six years. He's taken us to four bowl games. He's got us in a new year's day bowl. He got a division title. He won 17 games in two years. I think that what is going to be key for Walters is, is he's got to at least maintain what Brom has built. And, he's starting at a much, much, much higher level than Braum. And it may be rough this first year just because Purdue's going to be a young team in 2023 and the schedule is significantly tougher. But if he can get to a bowl through that schedule, I think that's a very good sign. And what do you guys think? I guess as our final, final question, does Purdue get to a bowl in 2023?
2: The schedule is going to be one of the hardest in college football. I'm not sure if it would have mattered if Jeff Brown was here or not. Um, I, I see I see four to seven wins. Um, you have to upset a couple teams personally. And it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild. I mean, you're transitioning and that's tough, um, especially when you're transitioning into a different style of coach. But I, I personally see four to seven wins. Um, is it, if that, that would have been my – That'd have been my prediction of Jeff Brown was the head football coach next year though too. Just as a forewarning. I looked at the schedule the other day and I'm like, I don't know if Nick Saban could come to West Lafayette and win eight, nine games next year. Not when you have Michigan Michigan and Ohio State on the on a on the on the schedule. So uh four to seven. That's mine. All right, Jace, what do you
1: think? I mean not to be a broken record, but I kinda think the same as Kyle. I will say it will be interesting to see who Walters can pull from the portal. Um, maybe they don't – maybe he doesn't see Alimo or Allen starting this year, goes and gets a, a damn good quarterback out of the portal, uh, one from a Power 5 school. So, um, four, four to seven sounds about right right now. But, uh, obviously, we're in the way too early uh, predictions part of the season or part of the off season. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll learn a lot more here in the next few weeks, honestly. I
0: agree with you guys. It's going to be tricky. Um, The non-conference is one of the most balanced non-conferences I've seen, and it's going to be critical for him to probably win two, if not all three of those games. And you're facing a group of five conference champion, a road game at an ACC school, even though Virginia Tech was very bad last year, and a return game against an ACC team that beat you. So. I don't think that that's too too overwhelming, but with all the questions, I don't think you can just automatically say, yep, three wins. And at least the first uh, looks like he's going to have a favorable part in that four of the first five games are at home. That's going to help, and we'll see from there. I'm going to go, I'm going to say right down the middle, I'm going to say they go six and six. And if we're in Detroit, we're in Detroit. You're still in a bowl game. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that should be about it for right now. Um, This is our second podcast of the week and obviously we'll try to get together if there's any further breaking news. Um, I know we'll be represented tomorrow at the press conference because tomorrow is the official introductory press conference, is it not? Yep. I guess I should know that I am the one in charge (laughs) of this whole enterprise, but, uh, We will have that for you tomorrow, I guess, today by the time you're probably listening to this. And again, we appreciate everybody who's come on board here in our first six weeks of running the ship here. It's been exciting. We've had a lot of news to cover, but Kyle and Jace did a great job here with the breaking news of finding a new football coach. And now it's time to go out and actually do this thing. So... For Kyle and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and we thank you for listening, and Boiler Up!